another episode of Football Aside. My name is Chloe and I'm joined today by a friend of the pod, Taylor. Welcome back. Second cup. Hello, hello. How have you been? You're doing well. Hanging out in Ohio. How much going on here? I was about Very to say usual. what's going on in Ohio. <laughs> How's the weather in Ohio? It's fall. That that I'm actually excited about. It would be nice if I could like get outside for more than a few minutes during the work day, but you know, it's all hanging good. in there. Hanging in there. That's great. I mean, that's that's an interesting. Yeah, that's solid. We'll work with that. Hanging in there. Well, so um, we yes, we'll today we'll be Tail and I will be discussing fantasy Premier League and specifically the league fantasy draft, as that's what we're both most familiar with. Uh, but before we get to that, we've had a lot of football. Some might say too foot too much football, and a lot of other people think football is gone. But what have you thought of the initial first uh, couple match weeks? Well, Mourinho thinks there's too much football, but I, I mean, it definitely is terrible for su- certain players and certain teams, specifically Tottenham, but I have been enjoying it, I will say. It does not suck to be able to watch on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then the weekend. So personally, good for me, bad for probably everybody else. I think that's completely fair. Um, have, have you noted any particular highlights, anything that's caught your eye in this fast couple of match weeks? I mean, I feel like everyone is like maybe a little surprised at how well Everton have been doing. Um, like the couple of big signings that they had were def- they definitely have not really taken that much time to adapt and seem to be complementing some of their existing players pretty nicely I think they're they've been fun to watch so far um I think City continuing to just have no back line whatsoever is pretty pretty entertaining from a neutral perspective maybe from a karmic perspective as well and then as always Spurs have been an up and down roller coaster ride tying Newcastle losing to Everton in the first round but we beat Chelsea which is always nice to do. Yeah, in the League Cup, correct? Yes, we played our B team, and it worked. Was it really a B team? So what, if both teams are playing with their B team, is that evenly matched? I mean, Chelsea like bought a complete second A team, so their B team this year was their A team last year, which I feel like is an inter- like an interesting place to be in, but... Yeah, I definitely think we had on paper we had the weaker squad out there, but Mourinho did a great job setting up tactically. Only gave away like the one unfortunate goal and then pulled it out on penalties. Also, yeah. Dyer ran to the bathroom in the middle of the game, so that's oh, a yeah. I that's mean, definitely an... when you gotta go, you gotta go, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, what is the Charmin commercial? It's like we all go. Why don't enjoy, why don't why not enjoy the go? All right, <laughs> all right. Capitalism has really gotten to me. I apologize. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um. So I think uh, your news, uh, Regulon. I apologize. Oh yeah. Not he had his fast start in this game, right? He did. You make he played it? very well. 
Yeah. He was great. He was probably at fault for the first goal. But that being said, he more than made up for it with the effort for the rest of the night. Made some stellar tackles. Was up and down the pitch the whole game. Got the assist. And was also the first one of the goalkeeper after celebrating the penalty victory. So, love to see it. Very excited. feel like he adds a new dimension. Kind of got... His his signing kind of got swept under the rug with the news of Bale also joining, but I think I can't wait to see both of them on the field at the same time, and I think it definitely adds a dimension we haven't seen from Tottenham in a long time in that we are able to ta- attack down the left side of the field. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at this whole other part of the pitch that we can now use. Wow. I know, it's, <laughs> well, it's lovely ben Davies literally shaking. Yeah, well, it's really nice to hear uh, when new signings uh, hit the ground running. Uh, I was obviously, I think we can all agree that for last season, the most impactful signing was Bruno Fernandes. But what do you think so far this season? Has any new signing really hit the ground running, particularly impressed you? Um, on, honestly, I feel like... No, I feel like James has been really impressive in passing the eye test. I feel like he's probably like a great distributor for them and opens up play for Everton a lot, but he hasn't like, he hasn't had like the stats as of yet. I think, I think for Tottenham specifically, I know I, I know more about them exponentially more than any other team. I think Hoybier has been actually very instrumental in like the success we've seen so far whether it's mixed or not I think I hit the first game out was a little bit rough but he definitely adds something to the midfield that we were missing in terms of someone who's like a dedicated ball winner able to marshal the midfield and like put in a cheeky tackle here and there which has been great to see um other signings around the league I'm not really so sure I feel like Liverpool haven't had any like standout ones. Thiago is coronavirus. I don't know if Man U signed anybody at this point. I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool, um, I don't think there are any standouts. Wolves apparently are just selling players. Yeah, they're really. Uh, it's like, which is very interesting given how uh, Nuno really does tend to work with a smaller squad and with the season with the games coming thick and fast uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, selling a couple of some of their staples is going to what kind of impact that's going to have yeah I also think I can't believe I glossed over Chelsea and the fact that they replaced (laughs) their whole team but all of them are injured apparently except Timo Werner is that a so-so start yeah, he got his first goal recently. Well, in the oh yeah, game. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, I know this. Yeah, um, yeah. So I agree. I'm in the similar mind. I've. It's been great to see Everton seem like they're gelling and um, truly start to look like the team that their fans and club uh, want them to become, which has been really nice. But. To not be so Prem-centric, um, today, as we record, we saw the Champions League draw, and, which is always exciting. Um, any particular eye-catching 
fixtures? I mean, love, love me some Messi Ronaldo action. I think this is the first time they've met in a group stage of a Champions League. Really? That feels statistically yeah. rigged. You know what I mean? It's like some yeah. Players, I, like, although, I think they probably. I think it's there's probably a rule that countries from the same or teams from the same country don't play each other in the group stage. I'm not that's certain. That's probably a rule. That's um. But yeah. That will yeah, be I'm... fun. I feel like Man U PSG is apparently a rivalry now. Ugh, God. <laughs> That'll be entertaining. Ask me how you really, I really feel about that. Yeah, I think that group is, I think it's not the toughest group, but I think it's one of the tougher ones. Uh, although I'm, well, the one I'm quite excited about is Liverpool, Ajax, and Atalanta. I think that's going oh, to yeah. be for some phenomenal football. Do you think Ajax is going to be good this year? I always feel like they all their players leave like so often, but they consistently seem to be performing well. So I don't really know. I'm yeah. I'm excited to find out. But yeah, it's one of those teams. I'm like, didn't you sell all your players? But then they show up and like, okay, you still look good. I don't know. So they their production pipeline really does churn them out like that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like all of the players that I know from them have been sold over like the last two or three years, and so I honestly don't think I could name a single person on their team at this point. But that'll that'll be interesting to see. Um, did did Atalanta did they sell a bunch of people? No, no, I actually they were able to hold on to like a lot of their players. Gotcha. Uh, so which is um very exciting for them because I really did enjoy watching them and if you've listened to the pod you know I truly we must have a bingo for Glow does not go an episode without mentioning Atalanta so that's very nice. exciting for me they do really fun football nice yeah I mean I feel like Lester lucked out picking up Castagna shout out to my fantasy team for him being there um yeah Great transition, actually, Taylor, which brings us to nice. the topic of today. I mean, you, you must do. I know. Do we? Do you I mean, that's this is what I was we, sold. Like... This is what yeah. I was sold to be on the podcast. And so that's what I'm prepared for. <laughs> yeah. The other upfront thing is like, yeah, what are you going to do this and then put you on the spot <laughs> to evaluate all the football that's been going on? But. Um... <laughs> Uh, my Reddit soccer, my Reddit <laughs> R soccer updates. And just like, and just start reading posts from Reddit soccer. Yeah. <laughs> Ansu right. Fati is apparently the second coming of Messi. I've seen some of him. I'm really excited for him. I, I just again, it's with those things. Whenever I really hate it when a young promising player is immediately like compared to a classic player like someone that's just so much <laughs> who's currently life. on the team <laughs> yeah and when it's it's and when it's messy it's just yeah i resent when people do that to players it's horrible but he yeah. looks really good and i'm very pleased for him and obviously spain locked that down immediately <laughs> yeah i think they put like a 350 million dollar clause in his contract so I guess they do think he's a. Well, I think they think he's half a Messi. Man City, so. Man City might just pull the trick trigger if they can't get Messi. 
and just and just like get the next one. Yeah, uh, maybe this will pay off. I don't know. We shall see. All right. So today, Taylor and I um, participate in for the second year now. We're in our sophomore season. We participate in a fantasy Premier League game, and uh, we, it's usually a group of. 10 to 12 people in our league usually just friends yeah just friends i was about to say friends and colleagues just friends <laughs> and some enemies some enemies <laughs> from the first year around <laughs> so yeah we have been doing it for two years now and what we the one we do so there's the traditional uh fantasy where you are allotted 100 million dollars and you do your players and all that but we actually do they have another version which is draft in case you're not familiar and that is where you truly you have a draft and no two people in the same league can have the same player and i personally really like that because it in my head it introduces strategy so what do you think do you have a preference of one of the two taylor i mean i've only done draft i can see the merit of the other one um, but I do, I do like the fact that it's like your team and your players and I think you get to know the league a little bit better as a result of having to follow or like, because there's, there's demand across the board. You actually have to know where like the diamonds in the rough are, like who, what the matchups are, like, you're not going to get th- the five top scores. It's always going to be trying to Beat someone on the margins, get those differential picks. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean a similar but I mean a similar but I think it has definitely increased a lot more creativity because we're doing trying to do more with significantly less. So it's unlikely that you would have three like really good strikers. Yeah. But just because somebody, <clears throat> not naming names, has already drafted them. <laughs> so to start off, Taylor, do you think there's a best place to be in the draft? So the way the draft works is um, it's a snake draft. So you are assigned an order. So if it's 1 to 10, you go 1 to 10, and then 10 goes twice, and then it goes 10 in the reverse, and so on and so forth. Do you think there's a good spot for the draft? Honestly, this is a tough one because you because like the first couple picks are always going to be either gold like forwards, strikers that are starting every game or their team's top goal scorer, or they're going to be like people that are potentially misclassified. Like I don't know if Obama Yang is a midfielder; he definitely feels like a forward <laughs> to me. Yeah, so, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're if you're like towards the bottom of the 10 or 12 it's tough to pick up one of those like knocked on starters goal scores but granted you do get like two you can then get like two chances at some like mid-tier goal scores not to say that like I mean Danny Ings obviously had a crazy season last year like Lacazette was okay but like if you can pick up two of those who are consistently or, or scoring goals consistently enough that on on balance that could potentially average out to being better than having like the top striker and then like some middling picks down the line 
Yeah. So in our 12 passing draft, where did you, do you remember where you fell in the draft? And do you remember who you dropped? I was like six or seven. I went with Harry Kane, obviously. He was available. I really want, I did want to get Bruno Fernandez, but was swiped out from under me. Yeah, and that was like my second or third pick. Like Harry Kane, obviously. I'm yeah. a Tottenham fan. He's on a goal scoring mission this year. Scored a hat trick today. So if he had you four don't... assists, like he, I'm not, I'm not complaining about that pick at all. Yeah, that sounds absolutely lovely. Um, so for my, I, so we've had it two years, and the first year I went first, and the so the first year I went last, and the first year, the second year I went first. I've hated both of those spots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in my own opinion that's a horrible spot to be i would prefer to be in the middle i don't think there's a significant difference between like the fast and 12 the sorry the sixth and 12 pick those players they would still be around the same caliber whereas like the five the 13th and, like, and the 24th is pretty yeah very different very different vibes yeah. <laughs> however very fair I drafted Raheem Sterling for my first pick, and I kind of regret it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to get on, like, the pep rotation grind. Yeah, I would, if I'd done a City player, I would, should have probably done Kevin De Bruyne. Again, I'm a pretty terrible drafter, <laughs> so that's something I would like to get better at. But I did get Raheem Sterling on my first pick. He's someone who will get minutes, but he's not very consistent in giving me points so that's been Yo. a little bit of a struggle yeah i drafted pogba so that's okay. been a train wreck he has yeah. four points this year he's had the coronavirus child i think lamella has more points than him and he plays for like 20 minutes a game okay do lamella have the coronavirus recently no wow yeah and i'm saying I think Pogba has been playing. I don't know. I don't think of Pogba. I love him as a player, but I don't think of him as like a goal. Like, I don't know, in terms of the way fantasy is structured and the way you get points, I wouldn't be expecting so much of him. I think it will hit like streaks that like he's really producing. But overall, I think it will be like, like above, like in the top half of points, but like nothing wow yeah i mean i'm just trying to get like an assist out of him every game on average you know throw a goal in there every once in a while (laughs) i feel like an assist every game is asking a lot i mean he hit a beautiful goal at brighton so too bad that didn't count Yeah, I mean, that was like a massive deflection, though. I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now. I'm 20. I, I would have called it massive, <laughs> but it's just saying. In 2018 19, he had 13 goals from 35 games. That's pretty impressive for a midfielder. I don't know how many assists because Wikipedia isn't telling me that. But that's the kind yeah. of year I'm looking for. Yeah, and last year was obviously a little bit of a garbage fire given because he was injured for half like from like december onwards yeah um but yeah so let's looking at taylor's team with his six book draft um you what's your backline what was your strategy in building a backline well sorry what was that 
Who is on my backline, or what's my strategy for building a backline? Well, both. Both? Okay, so my backline right now is Castagna, Tarkowski, Baldock from Sheffield, Laporte, and Sice from Moles. Overall, I'm pretty happy with it. I wish Sheffield would get their shit together and start defending like they did last year. Dude, I'm hopeful that yes, same, same. I feel like there's like five people. <laughs> there's five people counting that on that. Right now. Yeah. Um, for me, I was originally going for like I just want some like solid people, like like center backs from from some solid defensive teams. It's like Tarkowski for Burnley. I was like, all right, that guy's a monster, Burnley. Tons of clean sheets. And then he got a toe injury and he's missed every game. And then it looked like he was going to be sold to Leicester or West Ham. And I was like, I I would take Leicester, not West Ham. But now he's back. So that, we'll see how that goes. Or you can go the alternative route of like trying to get like wing backs who were potentially going to put up some asset goals or assists. So like obviously Liverpool's fullbacks, which go pretty high in the draft. But Castagna has been great for me. Um, Lucadinha has been great. Kyle Walker Peters, he's been doing pretty solid overall. I feel like you've, you're either you're in one of those two camps, and I think it's a mixed bag either way. Because now you have like Aston Villa's center bags are doing really well. They've got <laughs> twenty two and twenty one points. Nobody saw that coming. Yes. Yeah. Which actually leads me to my next question. Um, So I think a lot of people like draft with like, oh, they did really well this year. Like, oh, Sheffield defended really well last year. This is going to carry on into the season. Do you think that's the case? And how do you balance it? If not, how do you use the data from previous seasons? Well, yeah, I mean, I think for defenders, I mean, in general, I think for defenders, it's just so tough because it comes down to the to the team more broadly and kind of trying to figure out how well a certain team is going to do as opposed to individual players. Because, you know, like for some forwards, if, like regardless of if the team gets relegated, like if they're their main goal scorer, they're going to score some goals and you can just kind of throw them in there. But with defenders, you don't know that at all. And yeah, I don't know. I it's uh, not a, it's I don't have a perfect strategy here. Yeah. Um. So de- defenders are also quite tricky. Again, as you mentioned about the points and the way it's very dependent on a clean sheet, and one person in your midfield could absolutely ruin that, and that gives you only two points, uh, for just being alive and having a pulse on the pitch. Uh, but um, do you? How do you select your defenders during on the match week? Right, you have. Oh, it's all about it's yeah. You... It's all about matchups for me. It is if I see like Man City, Liverpool, any of the teams that I'm like, yeah, they're Avoid. probably gonna score a goal. I'm I'm out of here unless unless it is like so. In the case of like Man City, if Leicester plays Man City just did i'm like okay we're probably gonna get scored like castagna is probably gonna get scored on but there's also a good chance he he bags an assist or a goal 
because he's like an attacking wing back, arguably plays more as like a midfielder. And so in that case, like I'm okay with putting my defender in that position, assuming I'm not going to get the clean sheet. But for someone like Tarkowski, if they're playing Liverpool or Man City, I'm like, you're probably going to be right in the bench this week, my guy. (laughs) Your chances of your chances of scraping through this are slim and you haven't you're not exactly a goal threat, so Exactly. Well I think that's, that's why I switched to five midfielders. Yeah. Okay, so um mo- let's let's move on to the midfield then. Uh can you talk me through who you have in this midfield? All right, so I have started off with Pogba, picked up Triore, who's also been underplaying this year so far, IMO. Um I picked up Townsend, Andrew's Townsend, which I'm pretty excited about. Crystal Palace have been looking really good this year, and he's really also have. been playing really well. Uh, Matthias Klick, Klich, however you say that, from Klich, Leeds. Click. that sounds right. That looks how it should be, how it should sound. And then I also have Pereira from West Brom, which has been like, Oh, that's just been kind of like my rotating fifth midfield slot that I've just kind of been trading here and there, trying to pick up some good, mm-hmm. some good matchups each week. So, what's the strategy here amongst other than they were the best thing available? But why? I imagine there would have been other comparable midfielders available. Then why choose these ones? Yeah, Maybe so like these pick one, like these... two or three of them. Yeah, so I mean, like Pogba and Traore are like pretty, like those were early picks. Like I knew they are pretty consistently good. Like they passed the eye test, and like there was no reason to think they would play badly this year. So that there wasn't a lot of thinking going on in, in that. But the rest of them, like Townsend, Click, Pereira, I all picked up in the season, and that is mostly that is like definitely a statistics thing for me. It's like when, if I'm looking at two different. If I'm looking between two different midfielders, I always go back and look at their stats and see, like, because I had no idea who any of the players on Leeds were. And so after their first game, they looked like they were looking, like, (laughs) pretty good. And so I was like, I should probably pick up one of these people. And so I just went in. Obviously, some people had a better first game than others, but going through and figuring out which ones statistically have been better season after season, that's how I go about making my decisions. So that's how I pick up Click. Uh, same thing for Townsend. He had a couple of injury troubles last year, but looking back at like a longer time frame, he generally notches a good number of assists, some goals here and there. And same thing for Pereira when I was looking at different players from West Brom. Great. Um, so um, my question then, following up on that, I know that you will do your selection best on the matchups, but how do you do your pickups? Or do you want to come back to that once we've talked about the forwards? Um, I mean, pickups are just like... They're, I, I mean, I generally try to keep most of my team intact unless a player slash team has demonstrated that they are just out of sorts. So, So, for instance, like... Baldock, I don't know if I'm going to keep him in the long term. If they don't get a clean sheet in the next couple of fixtures, if they don't get a clean sheet against Fulham, basically, that is probably <laughs> going to be... That is a really good eye test. No offense to all Fulham yeah. fans. We love you, but you know. Yeah, I, and I mean, I feel like... And the thing is, like, if they continue to do poorly, 
my thought process is nobody is going to pick them up based off of them being good last season. So I'll keep, I'll put him on my watch list, keep an eye on him. And then once they get through a run of tough games, which like <laughs> the next four or five, it's Arsenal, Fulham, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, not looking so great in terms of clean sheets there. So. Yeah. So, and so players will have like bad games and the, just like things will happen. At what point do you decide to drop a player? Like how much has to go wrong before you're like, okay, I think we're going to try some new things. Like yeah, when would I you drop it's... Pogba, for instance? What needs to happen for you to drop Pogba from the midfield? Well, if you're willing to trade me bail for him, that would definitely no. be. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your kids at home? Yet. <laughs> I, I really think I really think it is more about opportunity cost. So if I see if I see someone who has not been picked up yet, who I think like there's a good run of games in front of them, like a couple of easy teams, they're kind of on a streak. Like they're there are definitely players I'm more willing to unload before others. And so like it it depends on those players. So like Pogba obviously hasn't had the best start to the season, but I'm going to stick with him for quite a bit longer, probably just assuming that he gets back to his usual form. Mm-hmm. But Pereira, he has a couple of bad games and like and somebody, some other midfielder just gets hot, then I'm definitely going to try to drop them, drop Pereira in his favor, just because. I don't have any particular attachment to it. It's a less proven player, and it's really just kind of trying to get the extra points as opposed to like my core squad, who I'm, who I'm assuming will deliver week after week. I see. Um, so you do what I'm hearing is you would keep uh, a couple of spots in at each position for rotation of like trying, like let's see how this goes, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, so we've talked about pick when you can drop a player, but so this is by far, I think my biggest problem with fantasy is I, I've not quite mastered when to appropriately pick up a player and a really good example, which you're very familiar with is uh, Mason Greenwood last season. So I picked him up about probably five to six match weeks before he really hit his stride. And I was like, oh, I'm really excited about him. I've seen all this footage and I think it's going to go well. And I picked him up and it did nothing for me for like four or five match weeks, at which point my patience ran out and I had to drop him. But, you know, two weeks later, Santi picks him up (laughs) and he goes on to this whole streak. So when... I don't know, when do you pick up a player? Especially the, almost, the young talents. Yeah. I think I wait for them to start getting hot. And I think especially like towards the middle, it's more difficult at the beginning of the season because I feel like even if people are only paying cursory attention, you can see somebody's point total go up pretty quickly. You know, if they they get a goal and assist, like that's that's like 10 points including like all the bonus points and that notches it up pretty significantly when the top person only has 32 right now but like towards the middle of this season if you're paying attention and watching games and watching highlights 
and you see this one you see this one player who is either like getting more minutes and doing well and you think okay they're probably going to continue in that if you see like an injury occurs and a position opens up on that team and that person that person is the one that's likely to fill it um i think those are all good indications for me but i almost i try to shy away from speculative picks before like they've started to deliver points because i assume that some that i am probably paying more attention than other people and am like monitoring this situation well, love- more closely and and will be able to pick it, pick them up like a game or game week or two after they start to ratchet up points well, I love the confidence. Apparently, I am very prone to the speculative pick. <laughs> All speculative drop. One of them. <laughs> so either way, there's, uh, it appears there's no middle ground. But let's move on to the front of this selection. Where are you at? The forwards. Mm-hmm. I've got Kane. I've got Mitrovic. And I've got Ollie Watkins. Talk to me. Uh, I think Mitrovic, Kane, and make pretty make a lot of sense um talk to me about ollie watkins what's he doing out here he has not been doing spectacularly so far but he's also they've also only had two games aston villa look a lot better this year than i think anyone thought they would and so if that's going to continue i think goals will start coming for ollie watkins he was kind of a beast in the championship same as Mitrovic, which is why I picked both of them up. Um, on top of the fact that I know that they are knocked on starters. And so I don't have to play the guessing game of are they gonna play this week? I can just I can know that they're gonna play, look at the matchups and and see if I against the other team, see if I like it, and then put them in when I feel like they'll do well. That's a really good point. That's a by far, I think, one of the best things I've learned about it. It's about minutes played. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, even if you can get, if you can just get two points a game week, like it's better than zero. Yeah, for sure. I uh, definitely minutes played is by far one of the most important things that I've learned um, playing fantasy. But that brings me to uh, my next question. So there's like two more things I want to discuss. And these two things will probably evolve to 10. But the first thing that I wanted to ask you is, do you have, um, if you were to tip a player to get really good, right? And it's okay. Yeah. You can be wrong, and you might be, but who do you think is going to become really good that people, other people who are playing fantasy draft should be looking at? All right. I've got a couple of hot takes here, and I don't want you to steal all of my picks, but you can only you can only be ahead of me for one of these. So, all right. The first one I'm going to go with, Reese James, Chelsea right yes. back. Okay. He's actually phenomenal. He's scary good, but Chelsea's back line is also just atrocious. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I'm in that I feel like there are games where he's going to get like 20 points, and then most games he's going to get like, two points if that yeah i completely agree it's scored on like four times and so it's a gamble it's like do i want to have him on my team sheet every week and like average that out or do i try to go for someone who's a little more consistent i don't know i don't have the answer there 
he's been on my watch list since like the first weekend and i've been in the same boat of like ah, i don't know this like this other backline is going to like concede goals galore they've not convinced me that they are going to be able to keep clean sheets consistently but yeah exactly I would, yeah i would put him in the camp of like if you have space for uh play a, a defender that you want to just gamble on i would say that's a pretty solid shout exactly and like i'm just looking at Baldock. like are you gonna are you gonna do this my guy um who else oh harry wilson if he gets traded to burnley i which apparently may happen i think that's a huge pickup because he'll be free kick penalty taker probably and burnley will could use someone that can just ping balls in so they they can score headers yes so that's only if he gets traded though mm-hmm what about um, um, Pratt? I forget. I'm not sure if I heard Belgian on Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no clue whatsoever. He's also injured right now. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm personally hesitant to pick him up just because I already have a Leicester player and I don't like to like get too many players on the same t- team just to avoid. like. Yeah, I'm trying to average it out. In my experience, also in Julian's experience last year, I was truly about to say, <laughs> gotta diversify that portfolio, and otherwise you end up like a friend Julian who was on the pod last week. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, oh, those are the two shots. So look out for Wilson and Reese James, and we'll yeah. we'll check in. I'm sure you'll be back, so we'll check in to see how you did. <laughs> okay. I will be back. I also think. Kyogo Jota, if he gets starts getting more playing time, could be great. Mm-hmm. I think Semedo could be great. Um, you know, even in Dombele, he's been getting more minutes. If he starts <laughs> playing in the Premier League, he might he um, might tear tear it up. We'll see. Yeah, the, the Dombele thing, I think it'll be a fair shout. It's just like the this relationship with Mourinho hasn't like completely sold me. So it's really not about the play in that instance for me. It's about the manager of just like, is he going to go into a mood swing and just drop him for five games? They've they've definitely warmed up to each other. It's Mm -hmm. the relationship is improving. And Nambole played like two ninety minutes in the span of three days and looked like he wanted to die after, but he did it. He made it through. Yay. Great. Okay, so the next section is, um, I'm hoping you have access to uh, the site. So I want you to critique my team. Well, I don't know if you want that. Yeah, I, girl, <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> and then okay. I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> All right. Taylor never shows up on the pod again. You know what happened. I immediately question having a Brighton center back. Mm-hmm. That's my first. Lewis Dunk, I'd get rid of him. Oh, well, actually, um, so for those of you, who, okay, my back line, my keepers, Edison, I have Shaw, Dunk, Bednarek, Cody, and Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell, I feel like, is a decent shout because Crystal Palace are playing well this year. He's also a wingback, isn't he? Yeah, he had, uh, yeah. I think assists or goal um a couple yeah. games ago yeah that one i rate actually um 
Lewis Dunk and Bednarek, I'm not crazy about. Southampton, I think, are just going to, like, continue to ship goals this year. Although they do a good run of fixtures. Yeah, I think Bednarek, Dunk, I'm willing to have a conversation about. But Bednarek, I actually have, I think Southampton's defense is going to be better than last year. But I also think it's going to be patchy. So I think we're going to get the two points and then we're going to get the 10-point Bednarek, you know? Yeah, I just, I don't see it. You could pick up Ruben Diaz right now, and be, and like have some maybe some Man City points. Yeah, um, I do, Connor I work, Cody. I do have a few too many Man City players at the moment. Is the only. Concern. Well, if you want to offload one. No, stop trying I'm to get here. no. I'm here uh-uh, for it. Stay on track. <laughs> Just like okay. Really trying to walk a deal um, anyway. Connor Cody, I think, is a good shout as well. I think Wolves had a tough. Tough game week, but I think they'll pull out of it. Yeah, I think though that I agree. The one part of my backline that I'm actually not too keen on is Luke Shaw, which makes me. I sad. see. I don't see that doesn't bother me that much because I feel like he it he will get forward a little bit more. Although, like the whole Man U defensive situation is tough. Exactly. But I mean, I don't have I don't have any Tottenham defenders for that same reason. As I yeah, it's just like yeah, I don't know. It also gives me like personal just... anxiety. <laughs> I'm just I'm like, yeah. oh, if Dunk does like really badly, I'm like, oh damn, my fantasy team. But I have no other investment uh, beyond that. Yeah. All right, let's but, go um, back to that midfield. Yeah, so your midfield is definitely where. I think you could do with the most improvement in the t- in specifically Andre Gomez and Alan. Not that they're bad players; they're just not what you want from a midfielder in the draft league. Like, I think Alan is in this like Fabinho, Rodrigo camp, where like good players, but they're not going to pick up fantasy points because of the jobs that they're supposed to do. Like. I'm not gonna pick. I love I love Hoybier, but I'm not gonna pick him up because I don't think he's gonna score or get any assists. It's the Angolo Kante curse, man. Exactly, exactly. And Andre Gomez, I feel is sim- feel similarly about. He's more of an eight, but I think you could do better than those both of those. Bale, Bernardo Silva, Sterling, I think, all, all great picks. I would have them starting every week, and then like some midfielders on the bench to just like rotate in when either Sterling or Bernardo. Which... I think young Bale's injured. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean this is like post international break. You've only got one more game until then. Um and then honestly I I like your I like your front line. I think Che Adams I think this is a Southampton pick I do support because they look very good offensively at their high line really does them dirty i've been a big fan of lacazette for years he's been consistently scoring it seems three goals in three games not not too shabby yeah i just so he says (laughs) are they thinking about selling him yeah, this the rumors the rumor mill has been going on and about i'm just like please let this window end so he can stay (laughs) damn that would be real tough for you yeah, because he's truly also a dumb move by Arsenal. Yes, but that would be classic Arsenal. 
Fabio Silva, I my only concern with him is he's not getting a ton of game time, but that might change throughout the season. Um, let me look at. Yeah, so I think Fabio Silva is my uh, Mason Greenwood of this season, <laughs> where I truly believe he's going to hit like his run of form. We're just not yeah. there yet. But I feel like you could pick up Callum Robinson right now and be better off for it. He's got 16 points already, a great run of fixtures, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, like, as their main goal scorer, he's definitely going to get some points there. If I wasn't committed to my promoted championship players in Kane, I might pick him up. Hmm. Well, that's a very, well, okay. Um, So that's very lovely. I think it, it was Ashley Barnes hasn't played at all. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he injured? I'm not sure, but he has not popped up on any points tally for hmm. me. Yeah. So I don't know, team. We might have I might have a weekend of experiments where I just listen to Taylor and see how that goes. Maybe I should just outsource this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're willing to split the proceeds, yeah, I'll do both our teams. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. But I will. I might just give you this week. Did you I, ever even give Haynes? <laughs> yes, I did. I tried. So it, I was okay. going to be. Um, sorry. So, for context, uh, Haynes is the winner of our last league, and I was obviously I'm not a great loser, shall we say? So I did consider writing him a check, sending him dollar bills, but I ended up doing the adult thing, you know. And I'm patting myself on the back for it. You, you did a wire transfer. Yeah. <laughs> I actually sent him some Bitcoin. <laughs> that's a, that's actually very funny if you did. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that's, I'm, I'm comfortable with those, with that feedback. And I might take some of it because I've uh, been truly so busy that I've not had time to watch as many games as I usually do. So this is why Taylor's on today to help me pick my team. <laughs> How to tell him was about an episode, would, but this was the ulterior. Moment. I knew this would come back to bite me. <laughs> Just so well, you yeah. obviously want to sound like you know what you're doing, which also means I know what you're doing. Yeah. I just I struggle a lot. I spend way too much time on this during the work day than I should. Yeah, it is but there's just like so many there's just like so many potential picks that could do really well. I was just like, do I pick up an Aston Villa defender? There are so many of them and nobody has picked them up. And you're like, oh, oh my God, does that mean something? And you can hear it. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's like, I don't even have to get Tyrone Mings. Like, I can get this Konsa dude, or I can get Maddie Cash or Tarjay. It doesn't matter. Like, they all are going to get the same points. They all play. And so it's like, what are you doing, Baldock? That's Get it together. Do, um, so we really appreciate it. Uh, do you have any? All right, wait. Okay, wait. I, if you're gonna pick up an Aston Villa defender, which one are you gonna go for? So I don't pick them. <laughs> we'll talk about this offline. <laughs> All right. Or will we? I just, <laughs> I'm just consistently stirring the pot. This is my brand of the week. This is my mood. Yeah, this conversation has convinced me to get rid of Baldock. Uh, good. Just looking at the fixtures. 
still pro- well i'm happy for you that's growth this conversation has convinced me to drop dunk i am still deciding i had already decided to drop one of my everton midfielders i just don't know which one yet do you drop them both no you don't need that I, they're like I'm they're stubborn. Li- hold on i'm stubborn i want to look at my midfielders i'm gonna give you some free one i think hudson adoy very yeah. solid pick yeah, but his, I, think, I don't know what the minute situation is for him, but I do rate him. Yeah. Also tough. Yeah. Yeah. Prate, I think if you're going to pick up somebody, like Prate is a good shout. I won't pick him up because of the whole I already have someone on that team. But he's done well so far. It looks like the coach likes him. Mm-hmm. He may not play this week, but I think adding a Leicester midfielder long term is not a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. What about Adiogo Jota, though? I just don't. I don't know if he's gonna play. That's a big question mark. I like mean, he played for ten minutes and scored. I don't know if that's gonna happen all that frequently. Yeah, I would probably do uh, Gigi Wijnaldum instead. And if you're picking goal, they've yeah. got midfield play- players that are. But anyways, okay. I think. <laughs> do you have any recommendations or tips like? If you had one rule or one piece of advice to give to people who are participating in the fantasy draft right now, what would it be? I'd say, like, trade frequently, either, like, with other people or, like, picking them up off the market. Because I did that a lot. I think I had, I think I had probably double the number of transactions as the next person last season and it worked out really well for me like the team i started off with was not that great and over the course of the season like i definitely managed to refine it i picked up like once people got off hot streaks i dropped them picked up people that were going on their streaks and that definitely played out well for me in the long run if 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 aguero hadn't gotten injured last season i would have won that's all i'm saying okay and there you have it there's some easy points (laughs) flush down the drain yeah well, if you take Taylor's advice and it doesn't go well, please d- redirect all your comments and fury to him. <laughs> and with that, I will we'll, take it. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back with some sidelines aside. Welcome back to Sideline the Sides. This is a section on our show where we answer a random football questions, generally nonsense, but we love it and we hope you do as well. Taylor, for today's Sidelines Aside, we are going to chat about our predictions, specifically predictions for who will win the Golden Boot. You can pick your league and your Golden Boot winner, or you could go Europe. Well, in Europe, it looks like it's going to be Ansu Fati based off of the Reddit highlights I've seen. However, in the Premier League, I am definitely rooting for Harry Kane this year because he is on a tear. That's not so much in the Premier League, although, you know, the whole four assists, he did score in that game. I think he has two goals already. But in Europa League and the League Cup, he is just... He is on something right now. I think the fact that Tottenham isn't upgraded in a variety of positions, um, I think bringing Bale in, having Regulon there, 
I think there's going to be a lot more service to him and a lot of other threats that teams will have to account for and won't be able to just like double up on him or frustrate him specifically when there are other attacking threats on the field. And so I think that's going to play very well into what he is trying to do, which is score as many goals as possible. Uh, are you worried about um, the Harry K- any injuries, especially with the congestion of fixtures? <sighs> I mean, I'm always worried about Harry Kane getting injured, but we just bought a we just loaned in a backup striker, so hopefully that does some good things in terms of like the Euro- Europa League, League Cup. Um, FA Cup, another thing that we do. Um, I think if we get through this international break with no injuries and like the Im- the period immediately after, that will that Mourinho will be able to do a good enough job of managing his minutes to prevent anything yeah. too serious. Okay, well, I hope to see a lot of goals. And if those are coming from Hurricane, delightful. Uh, so my pick for the Golden Boot winner is a rogue show. I am tipping Dominic Calvert-Lewin for the Golden Boot. At least, Ooh, that's a good one, actually. At the very least, to be in the conversation. So uh, he just yeah. had uh, his uh, second hat-trick, like back-to-back hat-trick, uh, in uh, the last game and I think that this young man I I specifically think he's really coming into his own he's finally getting the service from the middle that he needed last year and he really hit some really good strides last year but then this time around you finally it feels like it's becoming more gelled more complete I also think he's finally seeing himself and I as the future of the English forward line. And it's like, okay, Hurricane is good, but Hurricane is also getting up there. So, and he might see himself as a potential contender. So I think that's a pretty big drive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I mean, I I can't argue there. Yeah, I think he has looked great. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I don't think this will like he will be like hat tricks every other game week or anything. But I do think he has like a lot of potential to like go on really hot streaks and then like a goal every couple of games and then come back again. It will eventually revert to the mean. But I just think his xG is going to be a lot higher this year, and I'm really excited to see how well he does. I mean, yeah. They, I mean, he's like he's. Just- He's a very complete goal scorer from what I've seen. Um, I think with with the team that they have built, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him. I have no objections with that take, honestly. Okay. Except well, I think Harry Kane will score more still. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, well, whenever you're back, we will revisit the tallies and a number of other, we'll pick up on a number of other threads that started in this conversation. But I do want to thank you so much for coming onto the pod and discuss and giving me all your fantasy draft trades secrets. So everyone who've been privy to some highly classified information. So thank you so much for giving us your time, Taylor. Of course, I look forward to being back again, hopefully with a whole new set of trades. 
Yeah, maybe we'll Plenty just to watch. <laughs> we should uh, revisit whenever you're back. Uh, revisit your lineup to see how much has changed. By the time he's back, you'll have a completely new starting eleven. <laughs> That's how much he trains. It's very possible. All right.